This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about a foolproof method to ensure that nobody hates you and possibly even that everybody likes you, but why this may not be the smartest way to go about your life. Before that, um, I do want to say to subscribe because I have awesome subscriber episodes, almost up to 90 of them, including the oral sex on women, which is the big one everybody likes, and uh, like, you know, loads and loads of others. And um, also, if you go to Dad Starting Over's website, you can get the recording of my event with him, which uh, has some funny um, excerpts on my TikTok if you follow my TikTok. So that thing went well. Uh, by the time you hear this, this, that will have been multiple weeks ago, but it, it was fun. So obviously follow him too. He has all of his various social media too. Um, anyway, so uh, speaking of TikTok, uh, TikTok is a different sort of platform. I do get plenty of uh, crazy, nasty uh, comments on all platforms, but TikTok is really a new level. You know, like people say all sorts of crazy shit there. <laughs> so, and um, some of my um, people in my Facebook group get upset on my behalf because some things that people say are really antagonistic, obviously. And um, anybody that's in even remotely in the public eye, despite that I am nowhere near truly in the public eye, but still, even if you have any sort of social media that is remotely what people consider to be public, then they have no qualms about going after you, you know, about how stupid and uninformed you are about whatever. Um, so, so they ask, like, how do I deal with it? And it's true, like, you know, it, it can be hurtful, especially like when you're doing a live and people are commenting like nasty or sexual comments or something, you know, as you're going, you really got to ignore it, you know, and keep on going. And they asked me like, you know, like if, if it bothers me and yeah, sometimes it could bother me, especially whatever my mood was that given day. If I'm already feeling bad, you know, it depends honestly on the side of the bed you wake up on how, you know, how much to heart you take nasty things but the reality is and I say this to my kids and I really do try to live into it and it's easier and easier the older I get there is the the only way to make sure that everybody likes you is to have no opinion about anything and to not succeed at anything because as soon as you succeed at anything people are going to think that you are you know kind of uh, in, in, a, in a different place than them. They put you in this other bucket of somebody who kind of almost deserves to be thought of badly because, you know, I mean, basically, as I say to my kids, the president, 50% of people hate the president. President is a huge success. To become president of the United States of America is pretty, pretty good, you know, I mean, pretty good career success there. And even them, 
all of the people that didn't vote for them usually can't stand them. So if you succeed, then you're already putting yourself into the public eye. And I mean succeed at really anything. Any boss, for example, is going to have people that hate him just because he's the boss. Literally only the reason why. Because they're not the boss and they think that the boss has more power than them. So then they're going to hate him. You know, some people will hate anybody who's in power at all. So one good way is to never succeed at anything. And another good way is to never have an opinion. Because as soon as you have an opinion, then people disagree with the opinion. You say X, they think Y. So all of the Y people aren't going to like you, you know. And so if you go through life and you don't want to succeed at anything, you don't want to have an opinion, then you have a good shot that, you know, more people will like you than not. However, is that really a way to live your life? Because it's, it's um, you know, it sounds maybe simplistic, but it, it's really an eye-opener to think, man, if I share any opinion, somebody's going to be mad. So it's like, what am I going to do? Share no opinions? Then how could I possibly have any sort of a, a utility, really, as a psychologist, you know, or for whoever's listening, whatever your job is? If you never take a side on anything, you have no deep feelings about anything that you communicate, yes, it's likelier that you will be more likable. Because people can basically at that point project on you their own opinion. So they would say, oh, you know, I'm sure that nice lady agrees with me about X just because they think that I'm some nice lady. But as soon as I come out saying Y, then they could be personally, they could feel bad because, you know, now we're not the same. They, I don't agree with them. So then they can make all sorts of other assumptions about my character. But it, it, it is a big step, I think, of mental health to be able to realize that everybody's not going to like you and that that's okay. And if you worry about everybody liking you, then it's going to stop you in various ways from moving on in your life, whether that's career, family, relationship. So how would it work with relationship? I talk about it all the time. When people, I, I talk about it with men in particular with the whole stop caring so much what your wife thinks idea. If men are too worried that their wife isn't going to like them about something that they say, some opinion that they have, uh, a big one is wanting sex in a marriage, right? Then they are going to bend over backwards trying to just make her like them but they're not going to feel good in the relationship because they don't feel like their authentic self. They're never really able to say anything that goes against their wife. In their mind, they can't. You know, they, they shut themselves off from doing that because then their wife won't like them as much. And then they don't get their needs met in the relationship. And this is the same on the other side, on the other gender divide with women who are people pleasers. And they just defer and defer to their husbands endlessly. But then they increasingly grow distant and feel like the husband doesn't really know who they are. But have they really given them a chance to? You know, in these situations, you have to think, have I really given my partner a chance to know who I am? Or am I so obsessed with that they won't like me if they find out who I am that I haven't really given them a fair shot? And this is the same with family, with friends, obviously at work, as I said, um, in relationships. And I mean, in any sort of arena that I can imagine, you know, it, it's interesting because I think, um, as I said this before, like I used to have zero use for sports at all. You know, I'm not athletic. I don't give a shit. I don't really know the teams where I live most of the time. But um, I'm learning more and more that people who have had a background um, as athletes that have been part of team sports um, usually 
are better at receiving feedback. I, I think possibly one reason is because they've already been in a situation where people don't like them literally because of their team, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it's like a real mind fuck, you know, for like a, a child, basically, when a lot of people start sports to, you know, think that whole team over there hates me because I'm on this team, you know, and, and it, but am I just not going to be on this team? Like, no, I am on this team. And so they all hate me because I'm on this team, but yet this is my team. So that's just kind of going to be how it is. And it's interesting to think about, you know, how that sets you up to maybe be more open-minded in your later life about, yes, yeah, some people just aren't going to like me. And there's like nothing I could do about it unless I want to totally not be true to myself and not accomplish any of my goals. So it is really, um, it's really important for people who struggle with people pleasing, with people who struggle with a workhorse mentality, which is basically being a male people pleaser, according to stuff that I've written, you know, where like you feel that your job is to kind of make everybody's life easier and just work, 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 you know, like an animal farm, uh, the donkey, I think was just, I will work harder or the horse, maybe it was. Um, and, and that's the response to any situation, but no matter how hard a workhorse type of personality works, you cannot make everybody like you. You cannot make everybody happy. And so you've, you end up sacrificing all of your mental and emotional and physical strength, um, to nothing. Because you try and try and try and try and you cannot make everybody like you no matter what you do. You certainly can't make everybody happy no matter what you do. So at some point when people are in therapy, it, it becomes like kind of an epiphany that if it, there's no way to live a truly authentic life where you're working actively toward goals, whether they are interpersonal or otherwise. Predominantly we talk about interpersonal, but frequently talk about career, um, everything, you know, talk with your therapist about all aspects of your life. So there's really no way to be wholly committed to self-development and to forward motion and to growth if you're constantly perseverating on whether people like you. Because just by definition of being at all thought of as successful or having any opinion at all, people aren't going to like you. Now, this doesn't... Um, this doesn't mean in any way that, that it's, uh, you know, that, that you can get to a place where no comment will ever mean anything to you and you will never have a physiological reaction to somebody saying something harassing. Of course, that's just being human. You'd be a sociopath if like nothing ever, you know, impacted you at all. You know, right? I mean, there's got to be some level of comment from some person that's close enough to you that, of course, you know, like, you know, a man could be like a real powerhouse uh, in, in business, let's say. And really, in, in, in actual truth, testosterone really does make you more confident and more aggressive. So I do see many more males than females. Females also struggle more with depression and anxiety. So depression makes you very rejection sensitive. So biologically, there's a lot more men that could let feedback, negative feedback, roll off them than women. 
But even those men, there's somebody close to them, frequently the wife or the child, where negative feedback is extremely powerful and they cannot detach from it. And this stops them from seeing the situation clearly. So a man who's a real powerhouse, let's say in the boardroom making deals, people hate him, doesn't give a shit. That guy, if his son says something to him like, you know, you were really like a bad little league coach, that man could want to die in that moment. He could feel so bad, you know, and that would be like totally normal and healthy, indicates some sort of, um, you know, feelings. Feelings are always good and human being we're not robots but even with that you know you want to be able as you grow more and more as a person you want to be able to say why is my kid saying that what does my kid think about me right now is it more about my kid than about me how can I best um, support my kid and deal with this interaction not taking it so personally that I say something terrible like, yeah, well, maybe if you were a better fucking Little League player, then I would have been a better coach, right? Because, I mean, that would not be the thing to say. So, you know, as you mature, it's not like you are not going to um, ever take anything personally, but you will increasingly be able to see that the things that people say are really just about them. You know, it's really just about them. The fact that they have an opinion and the opinion isn't the same as yours. So then they make all of these other assumptions about you and then they're mad. And it's, it kind of does not really have much to do with you. And this doesn't mean that you don't do anything wrong. Of course, you know, if you, if uh, maybe you were a bad little league coach, you know, I mean, or, or what have you, but I mean, you can accept feedback. But a lot of um, maturity and ability to handle interpersonal situations better, which is kind of the point of why a lot of people come to therapy, is that you understand what to take personally and then how to deal with that and what part is really just due to something that has nothing to do with you. That's all in the other person's head. Now, of course, it's easy when um, you, you have like no engagement with somebody, you know, like I post something, let's say on TikTok that, um, you know, females don't have spontaneous desire frequently within monogamy. So then, you know, somebody's going to say something like, well, you're just getting women off the hook. And in fact, women are lying, cheating bitches. And in fact, they do have spontaneous desire and you're wrong. They just don't have spontaneous desire for you. They have it for their affair partner. And that's why most women cheat. You know, I get like a lot of like rants like this. Right. So obviously that's fairly It's fairly obvious there. That's like a layup to see this person has his own problems. Right. And I've gotten so many comments like this. It's public all over my TikTok and stuff, especially when I posted something that said that women don't cheat frequently. So it's a very good example. So I posted something that said where there's rates of cheating in relationships or 13% of women cheat in marriage and 20% of men. So then all the men who got cheated on got upset. You know, why do they get upset? Because they don't like to think of it like this. They would rather think that 80% of women cheat because it would make them feel better. So then they, you know, came, descended onto my TikTok and Facebook and told me how wrong I was and how terrible I am. And I don't understand psychology or people and I all of this stuff, right? So it's easy to see then, easier to see that that's about a trigger. But let's say, again, it's within a relationship and you are married and your spouse says something to you like, man, you don't uh, understand this or that or whatever. and You're just so stupid. Well, it's really hard to not take that personally. And so 
the, you got to kind of try to see those things as on a spectrum. Yes, I'm sure you contributed to, to the reasons why your spouse is saying whatever thing to you, but it's not all about you, despite what they say. This is so much of my job is helping people not take things personally. And so many people have written in saying, wow, after listening to your stuff on sex, I totally think about my relationship different. Really? Her sex drive doesn't have much to do with me. And it's like life-changing. And then the guy tells his wife, wow, your sex drive doesn't have much to do with me. And she says, I was telling you that for 20 years, you know. <laughs> so, you know, um, so not taking things personally or on the other end, like frequently when I'm talking to women and they're so upset that the guy isn't romantic or sensitive. And then we're thinking, was he ever? Does he have any evidence, even with the children that he loves, that he could be like this sensitive, responsive person? And they're like, why no? I guess he really doesn't. You know, he loves the kids, but he doesn't barely remember their birthdays, quite honestly. So, I mean, I guess, I guess he just can't do it. I guess it's nothing to do with me. And these moments where you realize stuff is not about you is, um, they could be really transformational. So to sum up, most things that people say nasty to you are nothing about you and about them. You know, and if you can move forward past that, then that's like a real growth moment. And if, if you, the only real way to make sure that never happens is to never have an opinion and never express yourself at all, never succeed at anything and just kind of hide in a closet for your life. And that isn't a way to live. You know, I mean, that's not going to be a very fulfilling uh, life choice for most people. Most people want to at least feel that they could express themselves openly in some way and move through the world somewhat freely having thoughts, you know, and opinions. So hopefully this gave at least anybody um, a different perspective on it or at least um, a, a, an aspirational idea of how to, like when you would see in your self-improvement uh, journey, which hopefully most people are on, otherwise you've really been listening to the wrong podcast for many months, um, when to see that you're getting healthier and more mature is when you can very readily say, oh, I think that that is much, not really about me. You know, it, it hurt to hear it, but the more I think about it, I think it's about uh, something else and I'm going to work on my contribution for it. You know, like I'm, I'm going to think, Hmm, like, uh, I guess my wife is mad about this, this, and this. I seem to be able to work on those things. But also in a larger context, is it all about me? No, it's not. She may be depressed. She may be unhappy with other things. She may not be feeling fulfilled. These may be leftover empathic ruptures. Like there may be, there's a whole context. She may just be in a bad mood. Oh my God. Wow. Happens to everybody. You know, and of course, same if it's, uh, you know, a friend, a coworker, well, whatever. So that, that is my point is the, and there's a good book actually that a lot of, I, I have best life behavioral health is my group practice and already two people. Cause I always ask them, what's your favorite book that you would recommend to clients? Cause of course I recommend books to clients all the time. And at least two of them now have said the four agreements by Miguel Ruiz, something like that. I'm probably butchering that title or the name. Either way, uh, I did um, look at it yesterday. I was at a bookstore and it talked about much uh, similar thing about the need to really, uh, you know, kind of detach from what people say about you and understand that it's, it's about them. So that is a book that is vetted by a couple of my best life therapists. That's also always a place you can go for therapy, by the way, best life behavioral health. And uh, so maybe if you want to do some more reading on that idea, 
um, I just saw, I just flipped through it, so maybe I'm totally wrong, but I do, I am literate, so I do think there was some, <laughs> there was some overlap, but then I, of course, had to leave the bookstore, because whenever you go anywhere with multiple children, you know, you can't, you can't read a damn book, <laughs> you can't really get into it, all right, but either way, I will talk to everybody soon, hope this was useful, and have a great day, guys.